Monday night, May 6th at the Hyatt Regency in San Francisco. You're invited to join athletes and celebs at the Bay Area Sports Hall of Fame Enshrinement Dinner. Be there to celebrate this year's class featuring Olympic swimmer Jenny Thompson, San Jose Earthquakes legend Chris Wondolowski, Niners Super Bowl hero John Taylor, Sharks icon Patrick Marlowe, and the architect of the Giants dynasty, Brian Sabian. Be a part of this star-studded evening benefiting Special Olympics Northern California. To purchase tickets, visit Bayshoff.org. That's B-A-S-H-O-F.org. We're getting you ready for the game on The Build-Up with news from around the league, interviews, highlights, and more. Here's your host, Ted Ramey. All right, good afternoon, everyone. How are we all doing? I know that we are looking forward for tonight's matchup. It's against Vegas, finally. God, it's taken long enough for these two teams to clash this year, and uh, I'm excited for it because I think there will be some juice in the building. I think everybody's going to be stoked for it, and I think that we are uh, we're in for a good show. I mean, I always just look at what happens when these two teams usually play each other? It's usually entertaining. There's usually some fire. And so I am very much uh, looking forward to that being the case tonight. And I think that the Sharks need to play with emotion in this game and they need to tap into that uh, early and often. If we look at the standings right now, San Jose Sharks currently seventh in the Pacific Division, 22 wins, 21 losses, and five overtime losses, 49 points, three points back of Vancouver. 8 points back of Anaheim, 10 points back of LA, 10 points back of Edmonton, 11 points back of Vegas, and 15 points back uh, of Calgary right now. Calgary, obviously, they've been on fire. They've won nine in a row, so they are just, uh, they're they're humming along right now. Um, But the Sharks, you know, this is a a situation where they are looking at a double-digit difference between them and uh, some of the teams towards the top of the division right now, and they are at a double-digit deficit when we look at the playoff standings or the wild card standings uh, in the wild card because they have 49 points and LA has 59 points. So things are most definitely interesting right now, no, no doubt about it. But one of the things that I've appreciated about this Sharks team all year long is the way that when their backs have been up against the wall, they have been able to respond. And I think that we can also include, you know, the way they played against Vancouver the other night after falling behind one to nothing in the first period. That one was, you know, I I was I was really shocked that they came out slow again after having the same slow start against Edmonton because you figured, okay, they saw how bad of a position that put them in and yet they went out and repeated it. So I'm hoping that the overall message from the Sharks or the overall vibe that we get is they come out with a head full of steam. And I know that they don't want to get overly aggressive and open things up too early, but you know we saw the way they played against Washington in particular where they came out with just a ton of conviction and it felt like they were going to win that game from the minute the puck hit the ice. I hope that is the the same Sharks that we get tonight. And I think that that is you know, what it will take against a team like Vegas who is as talented as they are and you know, they are built for a deep run this year. The Sharks and the Knights are two very different places right now, at least from the outside looking in. But, you know, the the Sharks, you know, they can go toe-to-toe with anybody in this league, and they've proven that. And that's why I feel like tonight is just another opportunity for them to do that. Prove once again that they can go toe-to-toe with anybody in the NHL, but beyond proving it, win it. You know, on that road trip, they only got one of four games in which they got a win. Now, they have been able to get points in a lot of games lately, but... I mean, let's be honest, they need to win games. They need to get two points if they're going to find themselves back in the race in the West overall. And again, to continue the trend of being a team that has improved from one year to the next. Uh, For more on the Sharks right now, we are bringing in Curtis Pashelka of Bay Area News Group, who covers the Sharks, of course. Curtis, what's going on, man? How are you doing? 
Good, Ted. How are, how are you? I'm doing very well, man. And, uh, you know, I figure I'd start off by, uh, you know, going after the low-hanging fruit like uh, all sports talk hosts. And uh, I always make comparisons to, you know, the year prior. You know, we, we try to compare and contrast. And last year, the Sharks were not playing anywhere near as good a hockey, but got to a point where they ended up losing eight in a row and kind of fell out of contention. Right now, there are five games winless consecutive. Obviously, they've garnered some points in there with some overtime losses. Are, are there parallels to be made, or is it just a, not a good comparison to be, to be made? Well, I, I, I think you're right. I mean, this, this year's team you know, is, is better than last year's team. Last year, I was, you mentioned the eight-game losing streak. That was such a uh, uh, kind of a weird thing to happen at that time because that before, before then, the Sharks were, were were playing pretty well and we had kind of crept back into the playoff race. And, and I think we're home for, for games against L.A. and Anaheim. And, and uh, things kind of fell off the rails there for, for whatever reason. And could never, uh, you know, at that end, and at the end of that losing streak, um, you know, obviously the Sharks kind of had to go in, in kind of a sell mode for the uh, for the trade deadline. Um, you know, this year it's been maybe a little bit uh, more of a, a slow drip, if you will. You know, they have gotten points in, in four of their last five, I believe, and um, you know they have been more competitive in games across the board, you know, the, the game against Tampa notwithstanding. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, they, they, they could just end up maybe in the same place anyway, right? I mean, you could be in a position in, in two or three weeks or four weeks where uh, Joe Will is, is, is selling, um, uh, just like he was last year, just like the Sharks were last year. So maybe there's a little bit of some, some comparisons to be made, but, um, you know, I still, I still, you know, the, the Sharks team still feels that if it puts together a little win streak, you know, three, four games, you know, gets on a roll that they can climb back in this thing. Um, so, so we'll see. Um, we'll see what happens over the next few days, and you know, if the Sharks can can get on a roll. But uh, right now, it looks like it's a it's a tough hill to climb, and uh, you know, we'll see we'll see what happens here. Yeah, you bring up the uh, you know the the point about the Sharks seemingly being a, a bit of a hot streak away from being right back in the thick of things again because. You know, the, the Pacific is obviously not a, a juggernaut right now, and we see how little separates um, essentially, you know, seventh from, you know, all the way up to second. It's really there's not a huge amount of difference right now. And even from, you know, what Calgary has been doing as of lately, it's taken an incredible hot streak for them. But the Sharks haven't had hot streaks this year. They won four in a row to start the year. I think their best streak since then is a, is a three-game win streak. Um, and mostly it's just been kind of up and down. So, I mean, do do we think the Sharks have a heater in them, or is it just going to be more of this team that we've obviously seen that's good for a couple of wins? Conversely, good for a couple of losses. Yeah, yeah, I think I think more the more the latter there, just especially without Eric Carlson right now. We don't know exactly when he's going to be out. I, I you know everything you know Bob told us uh, maybe you know two or three weeks ago that that Eric might have been a little bit ahead of schedule. But initially, it was you know mid to late March when when they thought Eric they might be able to get Eric back, and um, you know uh, over these last few games with Eric out, it's just been a struggle uh, to generate offense. I believe they're one three and three now without Eric Carlson in the lineup. So um, you, you add that, and you add the fact that. Uh, you know, we don't know what's going to happen with the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. I think Tomas Hurdle's still going to be a shark uh, past March 21st. 
um, it is going to be a challenge for this team to get on a roll and uh, and put some wins together. Uh, that's when they talk so much about structure, you know, and, and playing tight defensively and staying in games, winning those two one three two type games. Um, can they put enough of those type of games together and and get enough points to, to sort of stay in the mix here, or or has it just become too much? Like there's just too um, you know the margin for error is just too small uh, for this group. Uh, you know we'll, we'll have to wait and see, but you know from my perspective, it's just going to be it's just going to be real tough for this team to to string the win type of wins together and to get back into a playoff race. Because you know if you want to get to a nine, if you want to let's say you want to get to ninety three points. That's the sort of the, the line you need to get to qualify for the playoffs. The Sharks are going to have to play 650 mm-hmm. points percentage hockey from now until the end of the season. Um, that's just going to be a, that's going to be a tall order for this group. Uh, there's no two ways about it. So, uh, yeah, we'll see we'll see what happens. But um, yeah, I think I think the Sharks just want to you know try to stay competitive in these games and, and do what they can and see see where the chips fall. I guess you brought up Eric Carlson, and um, you know I don't have to tell you that among the Sharks fan base, he's a polarizing figure, but. You know, if they didn't appreciate him before, I would hope they appreciate him in his absence because, you know, there was no, it wasn't, um, to me, it was obvious, you know, his impact on the three on three in terms of overtime and how good the Sharks were with him out there on the ice. And then now with him not on the ice, unshockingly, at least to me, they're not winning these games. They're getting one point as opposed to two. Right, exactly. And, um, you know, you don't know what you miss until you don't have it. And then, you know, Eric Carlson's absence has just, um, you know, forced the Sharks to sort of take a different tax with, with how they deploy their defensemen. You know, you're asking more of, uh, of Brent Burns and Mary Farrar, but you're asking, asking a lot more of, of guys who are still kind of, uh, you know, getting their first full seasons in the NHL, Nicholas Falah, Shake Middleton, um, you know, those type of players. You know, Mark Edward Velasic's obviously been around for a while. And, and uh, you know, it seems to be uh, answering uh, sort of the challenge of, of, of playing more minutes. But um, still, it's 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 a huge hole to have to fill, and you can't replace an Eric Carlson uh, that easily. And um, with without him, the offense is it's a struggle five on five right now. Uh, it's just like you mentioned, then you know, also in overtime three on three when you get into those situations, trying to create all the kind of good chances too. So. Um, we'll see. We'll see if uh, the Sharks can, can sort of hang around here and, and uh, you know play play uh, play well enough to sort of stay in the in the playoff hunt uh, without him. But uh, it's, it's going to be a challenge. You don't know uh, you don't know exactly when he's going to be back and what type of player he'll be when he gets back too. Yeah. No. Good. Good call. Obviously. Um, you know. You talk about these guys that are in their first year on the defensive side of things. And then we also bring up the guys who are doing that for the forwards, like a Jonathan Dolan. Um, you know, he's been dropped to the fourth line. At least that's what we're expecting for today's game. Uh, but you were tweeting out uh, yesterday, I believe that he was um, still uh, wearing the power play Jersey. So is there any um, risk of a mixed message there? Or is it also, you know, he's still one of the best options um, just maybe not consistent at this point of his career. Yeah, I think, I think that's, um, you know, you still have to have some firepower on that on that second uh, second power play unit. They really loaded up the first unit with with uh, you know Hurdle, Burns, Couture, Meyer, and uh, and Barabanov. And so that second unit is really more uh, of a you know guys who play more of a depth role. Uh, and uh, kind of liken it maybe a little bit to Kevin LeBanc. You know, at some point at some points in his career under mm-hmm. under Bob where. 
you know, he was, he was, a, you know, he maybe fell to the third or fourth line, but still his, his skill on, on the power play was undeniable. And, and uh, if you wanted to sort of add an, uh, a more of a, an offensive or a dangerous element to that second power play unit, you know, it helped to have a guy like Kevin LeBanc out there. And I think some of that's the same thinking with, uh, with uh, Jonathan Dollett is that, you know, he has, he has shown he can play in that role. He can be, he can be an effective power play player. And I think Bob Weiss wants to, uh, give him a chance. Give him, give him a chance to get some ice time in that regard. And, you know, it wouldn't surprise me either if, if, if Jonathan Dolan works his way back up to a third or second line at some point in their future. Um, you know, he's a guy who works hard. I think you know, Bob likes him, mm-hmm. uh, but just wants to see more from him at this stage. And so, um, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if Jonathan Dolan gets back up to you know, more of a middle six type role but again we'll, we'll have to wait and see how it all kind of pans out did you see anything in particular with the power play the other night that made it more productive or was it just you know maybe a little bit of a correction because i you know i see a, a lot of good looks from the sharks on the power play i also see a lot of you know tentative nature sometimes which um you know it's easy obviously for me to armchair this um watching from the rafters but you know, it worked the other night, and we hadn't seen it work for a while. And, you know, did did you see anything where you thought there could be momentum for them to build off of, or was it just, you know, eventually they are going to score on the power play? Yeah, it was, you know, I thought it, I thought it was a little more direct, a little more meat and potatoes maybe than it had been against in the prior game against Edmonton. And also the quality of the power of the penalty kills, too. It's, I think I think Edmonton is a much better penalty kill right now than, than Vancouver does. So uh, you, you figure that and put that into the equation, too. Um, but, uh, you know, I mean, I think, I think they weren't happy with how things went, uh, you know, against Edmonton and, uh, they responded in a certain way against, against Vancouver, just trying to get a little more pucks than that, more, more, more traffic, just trying to boil it down that way. Uh, you know, Brent, you know, they, they added, you know, they put Brian Meyer Merkley on that, on that second unit now too. And, and, uh, they want him to, you know, they feel that he could be a real asset to that, to that, uh, to that, uh, group as well. And, mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think so. I think this is a, this is sort of a you know a, a good chance for for these guys to you know, to show that they can they can contribute and play a certain way and, and score goals for the power play. Because if you're not scoring that much five on five, the, the power play becomes that much more important for this group. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, no, most definitely. And you know the the other thing that you know troublesome for the Sharks in these last two games, even though. You know, I, I thought against Edmonton, they'd only given up two goals going into the third. They put themselves in a winnable situation in, in any game where their offense was more active. But unfortunately, obviously, it wasn't. They were shut out. I don't think you can complain about only, you know, having two goals, you know, surrendered at that point of the game. I think that's usually a good spot. But then they went out and replicated that against Vancouver, again, falling down to nothing. And that's, you know, been a, a similar theme with the Sharks this year. It's it's the slow start versus the the high quality start. I mean, they did it against Washington. Unsurprisingly, um, they controlled the tempo of that game. It was their last win, but it was on a hot start. Like they started out the game really, really nicely. And then we've also seen the other end of the spectrum, you know, a lot this year where they've had these rough starts, gotten in a hole early, and have not been able to climb back into it. Yeah, you know that that first period against Vancouver was a real head scratcher for me. I, you know, because the Sharks had talked, you know, after the Edmonton game and and in practice, uh, you know, on Tuesday and Wednesday about um, you know how much they they how what a slow start it was, how disappointed it was they were, and how they played against the 
they played against the Oilers and uh, they just didn't have that juice. And so, you know, you attributed some of that to the layoff too. You know, a 12-day break or between games, and you know that's going to be a challenge for for anybody in the early going to sort of knock that rust off and, and get back to uh, uh, you know playing the way you, know, you were before the break. But um, but uh, so you, you you expect a couple more days of practice and and uh, you know starting that game against Vancouver that these guys would come out with a lot of fire, a lot of energy. And uh, just didn't happen. I mean, they only had four shots on goal in the first period. I think eight shot attempts in total uh, for that first 20 minutes. And, and uh, it's tough uh, to climb back out of that hole, like you said, after after falling out 2 nothing. They did. They got their, you know, they got their act together and, and, and fought back and, and tied that game uh, twice. Um, you know, once uh, once on, on Timo Meyer's power play goal in the third period and again with Parabonov scoring with uh, with 0.6 seconds left to, to get that game to overtime. Uh, so they were able to salvage something. But you're right. I mean, this team can't afford to fall behind, um, you know, two, three goals uh, early on in the game. And, you know, you're facing some more quality teams, as, as the Sharks will be doing here uh, later this month and into March. Um and it's just going to be a challenge to uh, to try to recover from some slow starts like that if, if you do. And, you know, they're in the spectrum. You know, the Sharks are um, a little bit better as far as trying to come back from games. Like in last season, you know, if they fell behind one or two goals, it was lights out. Yeah. They weren't coming back. Um, but, you know, this year they are in a better, better, better position to sort of stay with it and, uh, and claw back into games. But it's tough for any, any NHL team, you know. Team play, you know, when you're going against an opposing team, they usually know how to lock it down after uh, after they get ahead by by two or three goals. So uh, we'll see how the Sharks kind of come out uh, over these next few games. You know, if they're able to get off to a slow, uh, faster start, put some pressure on the opposing team, and uh, maybe get some, maybe that's the, the key for them to uh, get on a roll here and get some, put some points in the bank. And then you, you know, you wrote about it as we look ahead at tonight's game. Um, you know. Things are on different trajectories for the Sharks and Vegas right now. What are you? Uh, what are you expecting in this game right now? Looking at tonight. Yeah, you know it's always it's always fun when these two teams get together. But you do wonder if some of that fire, some of that juice, has, has been uh, vacated from a rivalry. Not because it's been kind of a lopsided series here over the last couple of seasons, but because you you don't have a Ryan Reeves anymore, you don't mm-hmm. have a Vander Kane anymore. Um, so uh, I guess I'm curious to see how that comes out, but it won't take much, I don't think, for this, these two teams to, to renew hostilities. Uh, if, you know, you got one check, one hit. Uh, you know, this is a team that I think the Sharks are, uh, you know, the, you, you say whatever you want about the Sharks, but this is a team that does play hard for each other and will stick up for each other. And so if so a situation like that happens tonight, uh, you know, I would expect some sort of response from, from, from the Sharks, and you know, the, and Vegas is, you know, hey, Vegas is a situation where they need wins too. Yeah, they haven't locked it down. You know, they they're not. Uh, I would, you know, I, I still think they're going to make the playoffs, but you know, maybe more in pencil now than in pen. <laughs> uh, you know, they're uh, uh, you look at LA; they're on fire right now. You know, Anaheim's not too far out. Uh, teams like Dallas, they're they're, they're in the mix. Um, so, um, you know, it's, it's, it should be a real competitive, interesting game tonight. And if the Sharks can get off to a good start, uh, maybe put, you know, and, and try to, uh, put a little more pressure on, on Vegas. Uh, you know, it could be a real, real entertaining game tonight. I think, uh, I think people who watch this game are going to be, 
I'm going to be uh, uh, come on, come away from it uh, entertained at least. Yeah, that is my hope as well. Well, Curtis, I know you've got stuff to do. I appreciate your time. Keep up the great work, and we'll talk soon. All right. You got it. Thank you, Chad. Again, that was Curtis Pashelka, who covers the Sharks for Bay Area News Group, joining us here on The Buildup. And we are just about out of time, but be sure to join us at 4.30 for pregame coverage. And then the broadcast will start at 5 right here on the Sharks Audio Network as the Sharks do battle against Vegas for the first time this year. It's been a long time coming, but... You know, like we heard Curtis alluding to, we love it when these two teams meet because it is always such a, uh, it's a battle, it's a fight, it's fun, it's what we love about sports. So I am hoping for more of that tonight. For the San Jose Sharks, I'm Ted Ramey, signing off.